When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Epic Real Estate Investing Podcast, Episode 33. Without further delay. Without further delay. Your guru. Your guru. Um, uh, sorry. Your guide to a better life through real estate investing. Through real estate investing. Matt Terrio. Matt Terrio. Hello and greetings from the Epic Real Estate Investing Podcast, the podcast that will show you how to build wealth through creative real estate investing. So you'll have the option to realistically retire in the next 10 years or less, much less, if you focus and enjoy the good life while you're still young enough to do so. My name is Matt Terrio, author, full-time real estate investor, and family man. If this is your first time listening to this show, you're going to want to do two things. First, go back and listen to episode one for the ground rules of the show and And two, go download the free real estate investing course, How to Do Deals, No Money Required, at freerealestateinvestingcourse.com. It's a step-by-step course of where I unveil the mystery around doing deals with no money or credit, how to get started and get started making money right now, freerealestateinvestingcourse.com. Okay, on today's show, I'm joined by a really awesome dude. Many of you surely know him if you're even remotely familiar with real estate investing podcasts. He's a successful investor, a successful entrepreneur, but that wasn't always the case. And I'm sure he'll be sharing his story of how he got to where he is today, along with some other helpful nuggets. So you want to get your your white paper and your blue ink ready, and you're going to want to take notes. Um, If you've listened to his podcast, The Ultimate Real Estate Investing Podcast, you can subscribe to that right here on iTunes, The Ultimate Real Estate Investing Podcast, you know that he's loaded with helpful tips helpful strategies and insight and experience. He's got great stories and he's a whole lot of fun to listen to. He's got great analogies and it just kind of makes the consumption of all of his information so much easier and palatable. It's very it's, it's it's an enjoyable show. I love his show. And this past summer we got to go and and sit down together over a few beers and and talk shop and I had a great time as not only is he a successful businessman, he's just an overall cool guy, the type of guy you can sit down and have a few beers with and just Talk about really anything. And we've been chatting and texting here and there intermittently ever since. And and I asked him to come on the show today for a multitude of reasons, for many of which I've already mentioned, but one specifically, and and we'll get into it. So without further ado, I'd just like to welcome to the Epic Real Estate Investing Podcast, Mr. Sean Terry. Sean, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going, Matt? (laughs) It's going really good, really good. Um, yeah, I'm really glad that you're here, and and, and I wanted you to, to to come onto the show because um, one of the, the the common emails that I get, or the one of the common challenges I get from from the listeners is they are uh, really lacking in time. They're having trouble with time management. They don't have the time to do it. And and you're just about the busiest guy that I know, and you're one of the more successful guys that I know as well. And so I wanted to bring you on and talk you talk to you about that, but just find out all about your real estate investing and and how it got started and how you are where you are today and so what some of the lessons and stuff you've learned along the way as well. Cool. That sounds right. interesting. It's a uh, Sounds like a uh, should be a great show. <laughs> I think so. Um, so well, let's just start in the beginning. How did how did you get involved in all of this real estate investing stuff? Well, I um, <clears throat> had the typical dead end job that everybody hates. Had a boss that I didn't like. Had a uh, and it was it was the type of job where you know there was there was really no future in it. And I remember I was you know thirty three years old and. And I was uh, in a position where, you know, you know, you, you want more out of your life. You want to do more. And I was completely dissatisfied 
was where I was at. I was dissatisfied with with living month to month. Um, I was dissatisfied with, you know, being in a job I didn't like. It wasn't doing anything for anybody. It was just, it just sucked, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, and, and when you get in that type of situation, you start searching, you know, for things. So, you know, I talked to my wife and I said, hey, you know, you know, what should I do? You know, I, I, you know, I, I got to get out of this. What, what can I do? And she goes, well, you've always, always had interest in, you know, interest in real estate. You know, why don't you, you know, become like a real estate agent? So I was like, okay. So I picked up this this book on the multi-million dollar real estate agent. I read through it and talked about, you know, you got to get listings and got to get, you know, all this stuff and, uh, and, and represent the clients and show them houses. And I didn't really, that really didn't click for me. I didn't, I didn't, you know, and, and, you know, obviously realtors are great. You know, they're, they're an integral part of, you know, of my business actually. But, but, you know, for me to go out there and, and almost be on call and, you know, pull up houses, show on weekends, it just wasn't what I wanted to do, you know? So, you know, and, and when it came to real estate investing, um, I, you know, at the time, you know, you had to have good credit and you had to have, you know, money is what I thought. Uh, to get involved in the real estate game, which I didn't have either. I think I had like a, you know, 480 credit score and I had, <laughs> you know, living month to month and, you know, just literally just scraping by just to make ends meet. So, you know, so I thought that was something that was out of my realm. So one Saturday afternoon, I was, uh, had to go on a sales appointment, which I wasn't too happy about. I was driving down the freeway and I was flipping through the radio stations and here, uh, you know, they have uh, 620 KTR, which is the sports station. They have uh, all the college game day on. So I was flipping through and looking for that. And I, you know, it's an AM station. And I, I tripped across this other station um, called 1510 KFNN. And it's a financial news radio. And there's a guy on there talking about how you could switch houses and uh, with no cash and no credit. He started talking about, you know, how did this concept of, of wholesaling houses where you can get a property tied up under contract and then turn around and sell it uh, before you actually have the clothes on it. And and I never heard of that before. I never knew you could do something like that is sell a property you don't own. I was like, you know, who, who can do that, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I actually was skeptical. I turned the channel and uh, and continued to listen to college game day, driving down the street, and, and something in my gut, um, which was, I know today is God's intervention, actually, you know, I turned the channel back. And listen to what he had to say. And he had people on there that were making five thousand, ten thousand, twenty thousand dollars per deal, you know, using this concept of of uh, wholesaling houses. Mm-hmm. And I got fully in, intrigued. I, I was hook, line, and sinker. I was like, "This is it!" You know, that kind of stands on the back of your neck, and you know, you get the you know, chills. You're going, "Oh my gosh, this is it!" Right? Right. I'm gonna get rich. Right. So, <laughs> so that was right. me. And uh, and, he, and he said, okay, you got to buy his course. The course is like five hundred bucks. I didn't have it at the time. I actually had a you know like one of those first premier cards with like two hundred and fifty bucks on it. I got my wife's first premier card. Called the guy up and said, hey, we'll order, but can we put it on two different cards? He's like, yeah, no problem. So we ordered the course. Came in. I devoured it. I uh, watched it, and and uh, that was my you know first initial first first thing I ever bought when it came to. You know, real estate investing, of course, actually, for for real estate investing. So um, that's how I kind of got a a start into the game. And um, if you want to hear the rest of the story, (laughs) um, I can... uh, you continue. Sure. Well, you got got into the game. Is wholesaling the the sole thing that you're doing right now, or have you ventured out and tried some other strategies as well? You know, I um, that was back in 2003 when I was 33 years old, and um, and you know, I initially started wholesaling. Um, I went out from that. It was like May of 2003 to the end of the year. I you know made like 134 thousand dollars, which to me was just unbelievable. That was just you know, it was like a windfall. So, um, in, and that was in, in 2004, I continued wholesaling houses, but then I started, um, um, building a portfolio of houses where we would buy houses using seller financing, keeping the existing loan in place, um, going in, renovating and putting a tenant in there and just holding on to it. Well, you know, I had a partner at the time and we went out and built a portfolio of about 120 houses from early to, uh, early uh, 2004 all the way to mid-2005, um, and uh, so about a $36 million property portfolio that we had. So we were 
we're running around, you know, dealing with tenants, collecting rents, uh, you know, fixing up houses. And, and then uh, there was the writing on the wall here in Phoenix, and the market was just going up about 3 to 5% a month. And I remember I was, uh, I was getting a haircut. And I was sitting in the chair, and, and, the, and the, the hairstylist was telling me how she bought a house, and she turned around and flipped it and made $40,000. And, and at that point, I remember going, holy cow, you know, everybody's in real estate. And, you know, and, you, know you hear Warren Buffett, you got to sell in the strength and buy weakness, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a ton of strength in the marketplace. So at that point, we made a decision in, in uh, early 2005 that we we're going to unload our entire portfolio. Um, which we did. So it was like it was like May of 2005. We started uh, selling our properties to California investors, and from May to November, we literally sold uh, all of our properties, 120 properties at the height of the market. And I mean, you know, it's 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 literally, I mean, the amount of money that literally came in in such a short period of time was astonishing. I mean, it was it was almost embarrassing. It was like I was uncomfortable because it was. You know, it was it was just crazy, but um, we made it you know an absolute killing uh, at that time. So, wow, timing's everything. <laughs> yeah, timing is everything. So totally, totally. Yeah, you're not the first person I've heard say that. Uh, you know, they kind of listen to the the cocktail fodder, the dinner party fodder. In your case, the barbershop fodder of you know when you hear them talking good about real estate, that's the time to bail. Yeah, that's the time to bail. When everybody's involved and everybody's in it, and uh, that, that's time to just jump ship. <laughs> awesome. So, so what does your, your real estate investing business look like today? What is your, your primary strategy? Well, when, uh, so since I sold those properties, I, um, I bought some land and um, um, went through uh, like you know, doing land entitlements, buying um, large tracts of land, bringing it through a zoning process, and then turn around and um, – you know, and subdividing it in the lots, um, and then kind of hanging on to it. But um, back in 2000, early 2008, um, we were buying properties at the courthouse steps. We were bidding at properties, and literally there was like nobody down there. This is when Washington Mutual collapsed. When you know it was the the bottom of the barrel when it came to real estate. Mm-hmm. Everybody was, you know, just scattering everywhere. So. Um, what we did was, and that's where I kind of started my online presence, um, built a website, we started um, driving traffic through Google AdWords and in early OA. What we do is our business model was was, was buy properties, renovate them, um, cash flow properties, renovate them, and uh, we put the same paint, the same you know kitchens, the same appliances, the same, same whole deal, and uh, put a tenant in there, package it up, and sell it to investors across the country. And uh, we were cranking, doing unbelievably well. Um, and then what happened is um, there was a change in the appraisal laws where you literally, uh, to get an appraisal on a property, a, a mortgage broker had to go through a appraisal management company. And that appraisal management company um, would basically just send out any appraiser. And, it, and, it, and whoever could be appraised based upon um, the low bid and how fast they could do it. So appraisals became completely unpredictable. We, I remember we had one property as a uh, as a four unit uh, apartment complex. We bought, renovated, probably spent thirty forty thousand dollars into it, got it fully leased up, and um, and then this change happened um, called HBCC, um, and then uh, we got a, a two different appraisals. One for an appraiser that was one hundred seventy five thousand, and another uh, came out and appraised it for a hundred thousand. So appraisals were completely all over the board. So at that point, I was like, you know, I'm done with dealing with banks and financing and regulations and rules. So, you know, let's I'm just gonna go back to the grassroots and just, you know, just continue wholesaling and finding cash buyers and and uh, and for, you know finding wholesale properties and deliver it to cash buyers. So, and that was in probably early '09. From you know '09 to current. Um, I've been just wholesaling properties to uh, to cash buyers and building a uh, portfolio of properties for myself to uh, you know hold on to for cash flow. Mm-hmm. Where are you holding right now? What's that? Where are you holding properties right now? Just here in Phoenix. You got them all local. What's that? The, uh, you have them all local. Yeah, they're all local in my backyard. Um, they're primarily structured with seller financing, where I have an existing loan in place with a seller. I can give a minimal cash, and I can go in, clean up the property, turn around, at least option it, 
um, to a buyer for more than I actually put down. So it's a great, I get cash flow, um, but then also uh, can lease options so I don't have to actually, you know, take care of the property. I mean, you know, the tenant can take care of the, of the small items on the property, the big items obviously I have to take care of, but uh, that's what, that's what uh, home working for. <laughs> super, super. So you're still, I mean, you've been doing this for a while now as an investor, and, and uh, you, I know you're really active. I know when we, we met last summer, you had told yeah. me how many deals a month you were doing. I was blown away. I thought I was doing a lot. <laughs> how many are you doing that right now a month, you used to say? Yeah, anywhere from 10 to 15, you know, and, you know, 10 to 15 deals. Um, December we did, you know, I think it was like 19 deals in December. But it's um, I got a pretty fairly active buyer's list, and, um, you know, I got a pretty much a system in place to uh, find, you know, great deals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, through bird dogs and marketing and, and the HUD website and stuff like that. So between all those, they were from, you know, 10 to 15 deals we put out there. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you're not having any issue in, in finding deals then? Well, you know, it's, um, you know, I, I can tell you right now, the market has shifted since January uh, 2012 here. So the market has mm-hmm. shifted to where there has been tons and tons and tons of money coming in the marketplace, you know, and Warren Buffett came out and said that, you know, he'd buy thousands and thousands of houses. Well, I think that, uh, I think that, you know, I, I don't know if everybody was listening at the same time, but literally inventories tightened um, uh, amazingly in the past just couple months um, in the shift in the marketplace. So it's a, it's, a, it's a little bit harder now to find deals, but, mm-hmm. you know, since I, you know, since I do a, you know, a lot of marketing and, and I uh, have a relationship with a lot of bird dogs and stuff. They still just keep coming in like crazy. So, right, I'm blessed. <laughs> yeah, the, these last uh, these last three months have been a change. I've got a lot of uh, a little turnkey operation going on in in Memphis right now, and my purchase price has doubled since January. Yeah, isn't that you know? It's it, and it, yep. it's amazing because as soon as January, you turn the corner of January, everything just changed. It was like holy cow, yeah. massive shift. Was that that I've seen that Buffett interview? Was that in January? I think so. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Wow. Thanks, Warren. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Could have given me another year or two on this before you said that. That would have been nice. Yeah, I know. I was like, you know, I was like, I like when it's kind of depressed market because you know it's easy to negotiate with sellers. You know, buy still smart money to the marketplace, buying properties and stuff. So when the market's crazy and then you know everybody wants to get involved, it becomes a little bit more difficult. But you know, it's uh, the still same marketing um, principles apply whether it's a hot market or if it's a, it's a dead market. So. Yep, there's a, there's a low price and a high price in every market, and you just got to buy at the low one and sell at the high one. You got it, exactly. Exactly. Well, speaking of the market, um, you know, I've been attending a lot of real estate clubs, and, and there's lots of different opinions out there of, of where the real estate is going, if it's on a recovery or if this is just a, a false little you know, incline if it's going to settle down and talks about shadow inventory and all kinds of stuff. What, what is your, your uh, impression on the, on the future, the immediate future in the next, say six months to a year? You know, it's, um, the way I look at it now, it's, you know, and I just basically, what I look at is just inventory levels Mm -hmm. and uh, I look at inventory levels and I look at the, you know, pending foreclosures in the marketplace and um, basically, you know, if you look at those two, and I, and I just strictly, you know, focused on Phoenix. You know, I do talk to a lot of people, a lot of different investors across the country and stuff that are feeling the same thing to where the market is definitely picking up. So, you know, I think it's definitely a seller's market, you know, here in the next, you know, you know, next 12 to 18 months um, to where because the inventory levels are tightened. And uh, and there's lots of buyers coming into the marketplace, cash buyers coming into the marketplace and picking things up. So, you know, my wife's a realtor here in Phoenix, and she's trying to find um, properties for her, you know, clients. And they're they're you know, and, and they're getting outbid by investors are coming in um, and bidding on the properties, bidding up the properties. They're paying cash with, you know, quick close, no inspection periods. You know, it beats out the poor FHA guy who just wants three and a half percent down. They want seller concessions and they need a traditional 30 to 40 day close. So, right. So it's, uh, inventory levels are getting, uh, getting, you know, very low right now where, you know, back in 2005 when the market was crazy, 
you know, there is, you know, and I'm speaking just here in Phoenix, but there is, you know, 5,000 units on the marketplace. And it was, you know, a house would go up, there'd be multiple offers, and, and next thing you'll be gone within, 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 within hours. Mm-hmm. You know, we're getting down to those low levels right now. We got, I think we got about 16,000 units on the market, of which about 8,000 are, are short sales. And the balance are just regular sales. So we're close to 2005 levels when it comes to, comes to inventory. Now, moving forward, you know, I, uh, I'm, I'm not, you know, 100% sure when it comes to an election year, what's going to happen there and any type of rules and regulations, you know, that happen. But, uh, you know, just based upon uh, supply and demand uh, right now, it's, uh, it's considered a hot market, a seller's market. Indeed. Indeed. Um, yeah, I wish we had a crystal ball, though. Wouldn't that be great? <clears throat> yeah, it would be great. You know, all I know is this. All I know is this: is there's, you know, now's the time to get involved in the game, right? Make some money, um, whether it be through wholesaling and then start buying rental properties. You know, either by keeping the existing loan in place, doing an agreement for sale or a land contract or a, or a subject to, and then hold them. Because guess what? We know, you know, you know, ten years from now, seven years from now, the market's going to be higher than it is today. Totally. You know, and you get all the tax benefits. Why not have a great rental property that you can hold on to that will, you know, anywhere from, you know, you know, go up 30, 40, 50 percent in the next, you know, next handful of years. So I think it's a great investment opportunity right now. And that's why you see a lot of smart money coming into the marketplace. Right. Absolutely. You know, I know you've got um, you do a lot of coaching and mentoring and you've got your own awesome uh, real estate investing podcast here on iTunes, the ultimate real estate investing yeah. podcast. Fantastic, and I know wholesaling is the is the primary strategy that you're teaching. Is that accurate? Yeah, you know, and it's um, it's it's funny how this whole thing kind of unfolded because I'm I was I'm an avid podcast listener listener. As soon as I get my iPhone, I you know listen to everything. If you want to learn about anything, you know, you can just flip through the uh, podcast section on your uh, on your iPhone, or even it has in the BlackBerry, and you can literally find anything you want to learn about on there from people that are sharing what they what they love to do so um i was flipping through there and i i didn't really find anything that you know that was good there's you know a couple other podcasts out there that weren't updated and and um and uh, i just and i just didn't really find anything that 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 was good so what i did was i said well you know first off i want to start a podcast just to you know to have a you know to go out there and share my passion and my love for real estate number one and number two, I wanted to uh, start a podcast for the, the purpose of, of teaching and training bird dogs because I had a lot of people come to me and they wanted to learn about real estate and what to do and how to market and how to talk to sellers and you know how to prep a property and, and how to you know how to do all the how to write a contract and everything. So I said, well, why don't I, why don't I start a podcast? I can refer these bird dogs to the podcast. They can listen to it. They can get educated. And then, when, if they have a property, they can bring it to me, and we can we can put it out to the market and split the deal fifty fifty. Well, um, that was the initial thought. Well, what happened was is the the podcast blew up, um, and iTunes obviously goes all over the world, so it just went absolutely crazy. Um, and I had people all across the country call me. My phone was just absolutely ringing off the hook. Email was blowing up of uh, of people wanting to you know do deals and stuff and learn more. So. That's when I decided to, uh, um, back in November of 2000, I think it was 10, um, to start the Flip to Freedom Academy. And that's where it's basically a 19-week course on exactly how to, uh, you know, go out and replace your income through flipping houses on a part-time basis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so of, yeah. of the, I know you've had, you know, you're over 1,000 a, a people through your academy now, and congratulations on that. That's that's awesome. What have you, yeah. tell me what you've noticed about, uh, I guess, common personality traits or characteristics or just anything that you've seen in common with your most successful students? Most successful students. Mm-hmm. The most successful students that I see is they they follow with focus. Meaning, you know, I was watching the movie the other night with my, uh, my two daughters and my wife. It was um, the movie um, Secretariat, right? Mm-hmm. And on the secretary, on a horse, they have these blinders on the horse. And the blinders are, are put on that horse so a horse can just focus exactly where they're going and not be distracted by any other horses or anything else that's going on around them. So the most successful students um, put these blinders on. They put the blinders on themselves 
And what they do is they don't get distracted by all these other shiny objects or things that come around or other deals or whatever, but they pick a plan and they focus on it. And, and, um, and that's what they do. That's what they focus on 100%. Um, until they get results. And, you know, that, that's what I did when I first got started. It, you know, I learned in, in that course that I bought um, way back when, in 2003, he taught to go out and knock on pre-foreclosure doors. Well, I didn't know there was anything else out there. I didn't know there was lease options and this and that and all these different other strategies. So what I what I do, I just knocked on pre-foreclosure doors. I got a list, and I went out and knocked on doors. I got another list, I went out and knocked on doors. And I knocked on so many doors until I actually finally got a deal and I made my first check. Well, then I got my first check and I started getting good at it. Then I started knowing what to say and I got more confident and I got started getting more checks and more checks and more checks started coming in. But primarily from knocking on doors. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see people that get, you know, people that are not successful is what they do is they get started. They start digging their again. They start getting momentum. And then all of a sudden, they don't have the blinders on, so they go, oh, well, what's over here? Maybe I should try this. And they start building, getting a little bit of momentum there. And then, oh, what's over here? And then they start looking at, oh, well, maybe I should do this. Mm-hmm. And they never really plant themselves and focus on, on one specific strategy to go out and build enough momentum to where now they got income coming in, and now you can start observing other different opportunities to come about. Mm-hmm. Wow, could have answered that better myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the uh, the old uh, shiny object syndrome. Yeah, yeah, and uh, blinders are the. I still do it today. I mean, even you know, um, you know, when we talked about at the beginning of you know time management and getting stuff done, you know, you just got to put blinders on and focus on a you know one specific thing that you want to get accomplished in a you know a certain time and just you know and just get it done. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're doing, you know, ten to fifteen deals a month. You've got uh, probably one of the most popular podcasts on real estate investing in the uh, on, on iTunes. You've got a, a successful coaching business. You run the Flip to Freedom Academy. So let's go to time management, Sean. How, how do you do it all? Well, I think the, um, you know, the the biggest thing is is what I do to kind of kind of organize. You know, my time, well, there's, there's, there's two different things. One, I believe, you know, highly in the law of attraction, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know what, you, what you focus on will come. So the first overall thing to apply that in my life is I write a letter to myself dated a year ahead of time. So, you know, what's today, March, you know, it's April 17th, whatever. So write a letter to yourself as if it's April 17th, 2013. Mm-hmm. And put yourself in the mindset, really get in there and say, okay, it's, it's, it's 2013 and it's April. What is my life like? And write yourself a letter as if the year has already happened and list in detail everything you did, everything you accomplished, everything that, you know, went your way, everything that was great, every memorable, everything that was, everything that, you know, just of how your whole life, you're, you're basically writing a letter to yourself of how everything went for that entire year. And why that's just so powerful, be, because it puts you in a situation that it's already happened, which is the key point when it comes to, you know, um, of putting yourself in a, a basically a vibrational alignment with everything that you want. So, you know, first off, it gets you clear specifically of, of exactly where you're going. So once you have that in place, now what you do is now you're putting yourself downstream. Now, now you're going with the flow instead of going against the current. So if you, know, if you just picture this big, fast-moving river and you've got this raft, right? You know, if you turn your raft upstream and you start trying to paddle upstream, it's difficult. So mm-hmm. you know, some people, they might go, oh, my gosh, you know, I've been trying to do this, and they get these struggles, and they're working so hard, and they're, you know, and they're putting the time and energy and effort in. And they're just not getting the results that they thought they should get. And it's taking so much time and energy, and it's difficult, and, and they're, they're struggling, right? Well, that person, I look at, they're going upstream. They have a great boat. They have great paddles. They have, you know, everything in, in line. They've got a helmet on. They've got the jacket on. They've got all the equipment. They're ready to go, but they're still swimming upstream because they, they're not going with the flow. Well, writing that letter yourself, well, you know, in reading it once in the morning and once at the night before you go to bed, 
that will put you in the vibrational alignment of what you want, and then that will now, you know, put you downstream. So then in, instead of just your actions producing results, now you have your actions aligned with the universe that is now producing results, and your results will get you a lot further. So that's number one. Number two, once you do that, then I do, um, okay, here's what I want to accomplish for the month. I write everything down we want to accomplish for the month. And then what I do is then I take that, and I and those are like maybe big projects that I want to do or things that I need to make happen. Then I'll take those things, and I'll put it, you know, each you know section of it, and I'll put it in my daily tasks. So every single night, you know, after I read that letter, or even before I read that letter, I'll write everything I want to do for the day, and I'll write a task list of everything I need to do for the following day that will do I'd like to accomplish. Um, you know, that, you know, it encompasses the things that I, I want to, you know, to get accomplished for the month. Um, so that's what I do personally to kind of um, keep myself on task, what I need to accomplish. Now, with my team, we meet every single Monday about 10 o'clock, and what we do is I give them weekly tasks of everything we want to accomplish in the week, and then every every week we, we meet at, at 10 o'clock on Monday, and we, we go over the previous week of everything that we wanted to accomplish, and then... You know, is there any struggles? Anything happened? Whatever, and then, um, and then either if they did, if it wasn't accomplished, it carries forward, and then we figure out why it wasn't accomplished and try to you know move it forward so it does get accomplished, and then we set new things that we want to accomplish for the week. So it keeps my team on focus, specifically what they need to do, and uh, and and then if there's any problems, they can report back. But they they need to know what the highest set goal is so we all can accomplish it, and we're all, all moving in the same direction. Mm-hmm. Speaking of your team, that, yeah, no, that, that's that's great. So, speaking of your team, um, tell me who uh, who your team is comprised of. Well, a team is comprised of I have Nancy, who pretty much runs the the Flip to Freedom Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, she runs the support. She runs any of the refunds, any of the billing, any 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 questions, any anything. She runs that, and she's um, help helping organize our, our our first live event we're having here in May. So she's pretty, you know, she's pretty much take care. That's her responsibility, you know, taking on that. She edits the podcast, put them up on the site, and all that stuff. Corey is he takes care of my whole real estate side. So as soon as we get a property under contract, that contract will go to a, an, an escrow officer, which is the third person on the team, which is Eileen Brown. Now Eileen is my closing agent slash transaction coordinator slash you know assistant slash escrow officer. Mm-hmm. She basically um is phenomenal she she takes on probably three different jobs of uh of what she does so with her um you know what you know she just she just is on tap her job is just to close transactions mm-hmm. so Corey, you know we get a property under contract as soon as we get under contract it goes to eileen eileen gets it all set up getting it ready to close Corey then will get the pictures get the property in a lockbox put it up on our website and blast it out to our email list I typically talk to all the buyers that come in, and because uh, I like building a relationship with them, um, we'll get the buy side contract, get it over the title, and then it just closes, you know, after that. So mm-hmm. we pretty much got it when it comes to that, like a well-oiled machine. Um, I rarely see the properties unless I'm actually meeting, you know, with a seller. Uh, most of the stuff we just do is, you know, over, you know, over, you know, facts and contracts and stuff like that. So. Um, so he runs one side, she runs the uh, the other side, and then I primarily focus my energies on um, talking to sellers, motivated sellers, talking to buyers, and um, you know, and then creating content for uh, for the Flip Freedom Academy. Awesome! So you've got like three major power team members, and and then uh, you do the rest. Yep, and I do the I because my my whole thing was is is I want to focus on you know they they call it the eighty twenty principle right what makes you money mm-hmm. right what's going to make you money what's going to produce results the highest results and you know I determined in my business that talking to sellers and negotiating and getting properties under contract that's the highest and best use you know talking to buyers you know and building a relationship with them finding out what they want that's the highest and best use because then I can keep a real pulse on what's happening in the market. You know, and then um, after that, they'd be you know creating podcasts and content and uh, information and 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 coaching and stuff like that inside the academy. Mm-hmm. Awesome. 
So let's let's kind of that sounds seems like a perfect time to transition back to uh, back to real estate. I mean, because that's that's what you, what you do during the day, and, and that's what you primary your twenty percent that you're focusing on. So let's just kind of go through some how to for for the people that are listening. Um, sure. Let's start with the finding deals. What are say your your favorite ways of finding deals? Well, first off, um, first off, I would say, and these are different, you know, a couple of different unique ways to uh, to be able to do it. One is I would uh, get aligned with a, a HUD NAID registered agent for sure. Um, I've been on HUD homes every single day, and um, and uh, that that is a great way to be able, with no marketing costs whatsoever, to be able to pick a property off a website and then turn around and sell it. Uh, to a buyer for a higher price. So the number one thing I do is, is find an NAID registered agent um, where you can um, then bid on HUD homes and then flip HUD homes. You can wholesale HUD homes. Um, you can double escrow HUD homes as long as you're doing with, with uh, two different title companies. Um, and you can make the spread. I mean, I've done probably about 30 HUD homes in the past, you know, three, three and a half, four months so, so far, um, which have been, you know, which have been a, a, a large portion of my business. Um, that's one. Number two is, 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 you know, if you can, and this is maybe more for a guy that has maybe five or six or 10 deals under his belt is, is transition yourself from being the guy that is the student. I got to learn, I got to learn, I got to learn, and I can't do anything until I learn more. And then transition from the student to now the teacher, put that different hat on and then start teaching what you know to newer people, okay? Now, it's going to be counterintuitive because you're going to think, well, I don't want to teach someone to be a competitive, you know, competitor against me. Why would I do that? Well, that's two different mentalities. That's an abundance mentality or it's a uh, scarcity mentality. Well, you know, if you have a scarcity mentality, guess what? You're going upstream. Um, if you have an abundant mentality, guess what? You're going downstream. And what I found is is that when I, you know, teach other people, even in my own market, how to go out and do this business, it's amazing where they just bring deals in left and left and right. I mean, I got a deal in yesterday. It's a thirty thousand dollar deal. We turn around and I sold it today, this morning already, before we before we got on this call. And then uh, you know, so that's a thirty thousand dollar deal that came in. I didn't have to market for it, I didn't even have to get under contract, I was already in the contract. He just brought it to me and said, Hey, you know, we want to sell it for this. Well, you know, what, what do you think we can sell it for? And I said, Oh man, we can sell it for this. Done, right? And then this morning I got a call from another one and said, Hey, I got three properties we want to uh want to unload. Can you help us? So I looked at them all, they're a great deal. So I told them how to structure them. So we're going to be putting out those to the uh to our buyers and stuff. So it's a great way to get a ton of deals coming in. Um, but the difference is is that you're going to have to put yourself in a leadership type position uh, to where you can lead these other people and um, and be able to do that. So that that I would say is where if you got five or six or ten or fifteen deals under your belt at that point, then shift that and start teaching other people. And not only is it fulfilling to watch one of your guys, you know, go out and get a check, you know, for five thousand or ten thousand or fifteen thousand dollars, and seeing the excitement in their face and going, "Oh my gosh!" and they and they turn around and help them. It's a phenomenal feeling, and not only are you making money, but they're making money too. And I'm telling you, there will be a, a reciprocity there that they will just feel indebted to you for uh, spending the time where nobody else does to teach them how to do it. So those two, you know, are 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 unique and different that not a lot of people talk about, um, but they are a huge portion of a of a very successful business. Then you can get into the, you know, the normal marketing is what I call it, which is, you know, um, pay-per-click advertising on Google, MSN Ad Center, and and, uh, and actually um, creating a squeeze page and bidding on specific keywords in your local market to where you get leads coming in. That's number one. Number two would be um, sending yellow letters to uh, an inheritance list. You know, so so an inheritance list is for people inherited properties or a probate list. And then sending a yellow letter, which is basically a handwritten letter uh, that says, "I, you know, dear Joe Blow, I'd like to buy your house on Joe Blow Street, and uh, please give me a call if you're interested." So it's a handwritten letter. It piques curiosity, mm-hmm. so you'll get a lot of calls, anywhere from you know 11 to 12 percent. But if 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 you're good on the phone and you're, you're you know someone's able to talk to people and build a rapport with them, some people they didn't know that they wanted to sell until they got the letter. 
So they pick up the phone and say, hey, I just got this letter. You're interested in buying my house? I said, yeah, I am interested in buying your house. And, you know, well, I just think about selling, but, you know, you know, the, my the tenant just moved out. Yeah, I consider it. You know, so then you can start talking back and forth on, on structuring a deal that would make sense for the seller and make sense for you so you can go out and, uh, and make money. So, mm-hmm. so th- those are probably four of the leading um, lead sources for, uh, for generating uh, motivated sellers. Got it. So would you say um, most of your deals right now, are you dealing with a, a financial institution like, like a bank or HUD, or are you dealing more with the private owners? It's probably it's 50, 50, 50, 50. probably 50. If, if I do 15, I'll get seven off of, you know, HUD and other seven off like motivated sellers, motivated sellers, bird dogs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Got it. So when you're, when you're putting properties under contract, do you, um, do you go out and make a visit face to face or you do that over fax or scan it or email or how do you present well, your offers? T- yeah, typically what happens is is I have um, Corey who takes all the incoming calls coming in from all of our marketing, whether it be you know Google AdWords, all goes to one central voicemail system. He'll follow for the voicemail calls um, right there, and then call them back, and he'll do what's a, do a pre-screen to test for motivation. If there's motivation there and there's a potential deal there, then I use a, a software service called Freedom Soft. And what he'll do is he'll put it in a motivated folder in FreedomSoft and then outsource the lead to me. So now the lead comes in. I get it. I can look at it. I can do some quick comps on it. And then what, from that point, I will call the seller. I'll do a second pre-screen, build rapport with them. I'll determine if there's motivation. And if on that second call they pass my test, right, mm-hmm. then um, I'll set an appointment and I'll go meet with them and um, get the contract. Got it. So when you take your contract, do you take just like a, a one pager, or is it a multiple page? Do you have a computer with you, or is that how do you do that? No, I, I just what I do is when I what I bring on my appointment is I bring comps, lowest to the low comparable comps I can find mm-hmm. within a one mile radius of the subject property. I'm going to bring a letter of authorization if they have a loan in place that I want to get them get them to sign. Um, I'm going to bring a uh, two uh, purchase contracts that's already pre filled out. Not with a price, but just pre-filled out, everything ready to go. All I got to do is is uh, is put in a price and have them sign on the dotted line. I have two, one copy for them and one copy for me. And I usually have that in the Manila folder, and uh, I take that with me. I'll go walk the house. I'll take notes on the Manila folder, build rapport with them, um, and uh, you know, and then negotiate a price, get them to sign a contract, and and we open up escrow that day. Awesome. So you open up escrow, and then how long does your your typical escrows last? Our escrows, depending how good a deal is, um, if it's a HUD home, you've got 45 days to sell it. But I typically, when I put it out on my, it usually takes me about 24 to 48 hours to get it, you know, get it up on the site, get all the information. Um, sometimes I wait for a title report if we uh, if we believe that there's some other, any other liens or judgments on the property. But typically, you know, from contract to close is no more than 10 days on the sell site. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, uh, if someone's you know someone's listening to you today, and they said, you yep. know what, I think I'm gonna go give that a shot. What would be your your top three tips you'd give to that person? Well, the first thing is, you know, we've talked about finding sellers. We talked about finding you know finding houses. Um, one of the biggest fears that I see for people is is you know what if I get a property on a contract and I don't have a buyer, then what? Mm-hmm. Right. So um, so the first thing I would tell people to do, like if I was going to fly to a market, right, if I was going to fly to Chicago or if I was going to fly to Kansas or something like that, first thing I do is I'd find a real estate agent that is um, that is brand new, just got started in the marketplace or just got started, just got his license. And he's looking to build his business. So I'd, I'd, I'd align myself with that person. You can just by just by calling around the brokerage firms and um, you know, real estate brokerage firms asking for the newest guy on the block. And try to find uh, try to find that person. What I would have that that realtor do is pull all the cash transactions that have happened within the last 90 to 120 days within the county I want to specify. So it's basically it's going to give me all the cash transactions that are happening. So what there's two different ways to deliver that data. One is in a CDS form or an Excel form where it could be sorted by price and zip code, right? Or number two, if they can't do it, they'll give you a link, and in that link, you can see a map. So you can see a grouping 
of cash transactions are happening? Well, those are the areas we want to focus. That'd be the first thing I do is I'd want to find out specifically what is the market buying, what price are they buying them at, and where are they buying them at? If I know exactly what my buyers are buying or the majority of the transactions are happening cash, um, what they're buying, then when it comes to actually deploying marketing, then I'll know specifically how to deploy effective marketing in a specific area in a specific price range. So when I do get sellers, I know I can sell them. So mm-hmm. that's number one. Number two is, um, is, uh, is I would attend the county auctions where they hold foreclosures. And I will go down there because those are your – um, those are going to be your go-to VIP buyers, buyers that you're going to stick in your phone, and you're going to be able to call and say, hey, I got a deal. Here's the, here's the address. Now, what you do is you go down there and attend the auctions and just go build a report, talk to them, you know, get their cards, get their names, their numbers, find out what they're looking for. And what you're doing is, is you're trying to, number one, is always build a report. Number two is you want to find out, you know, are they a buy-and-hold investor or are they a fix-and-flip investor? Number three, you want to find out, you know, what is their perfect deal? You know, what is, you know, do they want a three-bed, two-bath? Are they looking what price range they're looking for? What area of town are they looking for? And what you're telling them is, is say, listen, I'm not here to bid on properties to compete against you. But what I'm here is I go out and I market for motivated sellers, and I get deals to come in, and I'm getting started here, and I'm looking for some really good buyers that can make a decision quickly and can close quickly. If I find the right deal, you know, would you be interested if I sent you some properties? And uh, their eyes are going to perk up. They're, I mean, they're, they're, their ears are going to perk because they're going to like, holy cow, yes, because bidding at the auctions is a gamut. It's, it's difficult. It's a full-time gig, and it sucks. So, mm-hmm. you know, so if you can come along and you can bring deals to them, they would be, you know, absolutely all over it. So if you can get four or five or six of those guys, you know, in your phone, um, and I would go down there, not just one day, because the auctions, there's different properties on different days. I'd, I'd make a commitment to spend, you know, uh, at least go down there four or five or six different times and try to get 10, 15, 20 names of people in a good idea of what they're looking for in your phone, because those are the first people that you're going to call as soon as you get a deal under contract. So, you know, and, uh, and these guys, they can, they can put up a deposit, non-refundable quickly. And they can close typically on auctions. You close within 24 hours. So if you're going to give them a seven-day time frame to close, um, they're going to be ecstatic. So that would be number two. Once you, once you, and what that will do for the confidence of a new person getting started, knowing that you have uh, an appetite of buyers behind you, will do a lot, of, a lot different when it comes. I mean, it will do amazing things for you when you're going to negotiate with a seller. Because if you're going to negotiate with a seller and, and you're, you're going, holy cow, I don't have the money. I don't know how I'm going to sell this thing. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but if you negotiate and say, listen, you know, I've, I've got 15 buyers in my pocket you know, that would love to have this house. And that's what you're thinking to yourself when you're negotiating. Um, then you're going to be a lot more confident uh, to exactly you know, you know, what they're looking for and price points and all that type of stuff. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so speaking, that's two or three. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was a bunch, and and even just yeah, to, I know. even just to add on that, if someone was listening, was like, gosh, I don't even know if I could go do all that. Um, let me ask you your personal experience with the number of people that you have on your buyers list. I mean, how many are, uh, do you do regular, consistent business with? How many are there? Well, you know, I probably do. Probably maybe ten to fifteen that 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 I will call first because you know I have my website there and and there's probably about fifty to sixty percent of the homes that don't even hit the website because I already know what the buyer wants. I pick up a phone call and I say, "Hey, Mr. Buyer, um, I've got a property. Just got a contract. Here's the address. Here's the information. Here's the details." Now, remember, we're in sales. Right, mm-hmm. you know, we're selling the house. You don't go. Here's your address. You know, I, I sell. I say, listen, here, it's a great location. I believe the comps are. I think it's about two fifty, two forty, or here. I think it needs twelve to fifteen thousand dollars for the work. I think this is a smoking deal. You know, here's the address and here's the deal. I'm going to put it out to all my buyers in forty eight hours. So I need a decision asap if you want this or not. Mm-hmm. So, what are they doing now? So first off, they're going, holy cow! If he puts it out to the market, it's gone. So it creates an urgency, and it stops them from negotiating on price. If I give them a price, 
right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and he comes back and well, you know, I can't do 135 for the house, but I can do 125. Mm-hmm. I said, are you sure about that? Because it's going to hit the market tomorrow to a bunch of other buyers. Are you sure you can't make your numbers work? And what I, you know, what I found is they don't typically negotiate with me <laughs> because mm-hmm. because they know I can sell it to another buyer that will come along and uh, and pick up the property. So right. Right. So it creates that urgency, which is great. Totally. No, that's that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that part. The part what I was I was really getting at was, you know, I only have like a half a dozen people that I deal with. I don't have to make more than four or five calls, and I've got that. So I was trying to just – you don't need a big buyer's list. It's good to have yeah. buyers. you got to have them, but you don't need a ton of them. You don't need a 10,000-people list. Yeah, you don't. you don't. I mean, you don't. It helps for those troubled properties that you're – that you're maybe not a hundred percent confident on, you know, um, like I had this one fire damaged property, man, I went to the house and I was like, man, this is, you know, I wouldn't touch I mean, I've fixed and flip a lot of properties. I'm like, I wouldn't touch this house with a 10 foot pole, Mm -hmm. you know? So, and I didn't, you know, I didn't, you know, I I knew a lot of fix and flip guys and stuff, but not really that they can do heavy, heavy lifting like that. So that one I put it out on my site, and um, my phone literally blew up. Man, I had the thing sold within 30 minutes, and we closed within a week. You know, and that was a $25,000 deal, I think it was. But you know, but but the thing is, is that is that you know, you have your buyers in your pocket. If for some reason you have an like a, a whacked out deal, a deal that you're going, well, you know, maybe it's not the best of deal, but it doesn't take. There's no risk to tie it up with a seller you know, and put it out in the market. It's good to have a list, you know, to be able to email it out to because you never know, you know, what someone else wants. And, you know, building a buyer's list is a constant thing. Um, you're always advertising on Craigslist, always advertising on Backpage, you know. Uh, you can advertise in Google AdWords. You're always networking with people and other realtors and stuff. So it's an ongoing thing, um, but it's, it's definitely worth it. Oh, totally, totally. You just don't need the, the big one to go and take that first step and get out there in the market and start mixing it up. Yeah, don't, you know, you know, people always want to get their all their ducks in a row, right? Mm-hmm. I got to have my buyers in place. I've got to have my seller marketing in place. I've got to get my website in place. And I'm going to get my contracts in place. I got to get my title lady in place. I got to get my realtor in place. Well, those are all ducks in a row. I didn't have ducks. I didn't even know what a duck was. I, I mean, when I, when, I, when I first started, the guy said, knock on doors. I said, okay. So I went out and I knocked on doors. Then they said, okay. But there was a guy that said, okay, he wanted to sell his house. And I didn't have a contract. So I went to Staples and I went and got a contract. Well, you know, that wasn't the duck in a row. I went to Staples. I picked out a contract at Staples that said, you know, you know, sell real estate, you know, contract. Right. I didn't know how to fill it out. I didn't know what to say. I went over and met the guy. I actually got the property under contract. You know, the place, you know, I, I scribbled on it. It was a mess. And guess what? Then I, I didn't have an escrow company, right? So then I had to go find an escrow company. I found an escrow company that could do the deal after talking to 20, right? So after talking to 20, found one, gave them the escrow on it. We opened up escrow. And then, but holy cow, now I didn't have any buyers. So how did I find buyers? Well, I went through the want ads. Not the one as but one through the the uh, newspaper there of people that were trying to to list um, you know rental properties. I started calling all the owners of uh, of rental properties and said, "Hey, I see you're uh, trying to you know uh, to rent out a property you have. Are you looking for any other properties to buy?" And the guy was like, "Oh yeah, sure." And uh, so I had to go meet him over the property with the seller. We walked through it. I didn't know what to negotiate. Didn't know what to say. How much money to take down. And uh, I brought the contract to title, and 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 they closed the transaction, and and I made like you know it was eleven thousand eight dollars on my very first check, and I think that made the biggest difference. And I didn't have any ducks in a row, you know. And and you know I see people now is they just want to have everything lined up, and that's probably the biggest mistake. You know, go read that book, Ready Fire Aim. You know, I mean it's it's like you're ready, fire aim. I spent four years in the Marine Corps. You know, and one thing I learned in the Marine Corps is this massive action. Just get it done. If there's an obstacle in the way, find a way to get over it. You can, you know, get around it, get under it, get over it, get done. I joined the Marine Corps, right? So, yep. you know, you know, when it comes to obstacles, just get it done. Get around it. Get over it. So, you yep. know, the biggest tip I can give your new people that are listening to this is forget the ducks in a row. And if something comes up, don't quit. Get over it. Get through it or blow up. Blow it up and uh, and make it happen. Why? Because you can, you can do it. Because guess what? You know, I'm not any smarter. I mean, than anybody. I mean, I'm I'm not. You know, I don't have any secret tricks. I'm nothing different. I don't have a college education. I've been raised in the Marine Corps. So, 
you know, I'm not the smartest tool in the toolbox at all. You know, Matt's way smarter than me when it comes to, you know, putting all this stuff and doing these, you know, deals that he's been talking about and stuff. But the bottom line is, is that, uh, you know, maybe I'm just a blockhead and just plow through, you know, any obstacles that come come through. But it, you know, if you kind of kind of have that mentality, you'll uh, you'll you'll find yourself in the other side. You'll look up and you'll be successful. So, absolutely. You know, that's that's exactly. I mean, you said it perfectly. I mean, it almost sounded like I set you up for this because that's pretty much the saying that we have here on on the show is is moving at the speed of instruction. Just okay. I got to go knock on doors. I go knock on doors. And, you know, you just travel as far as you can see, and when you get there, you'll see further. Okay, now the next step, I guess i got to get a contract, you know? So it's something we definitely have in common. And I, yeah, you know, and it's, it's like, have you, ever, have you ever drove at night? You know, when you drive at night, you only can see as far as your headlights, right? right? You know, right. your headlights go out. You only can see as far as your headlights, but you're, so, you're solely focused on the road ahead of you, but you're continually moving forward. You know, when you when you when you get in your car, you don't go. Oh my gosh, I have to see the entire pathway, all the way from Phoenix to San Diego, and I got to see everything on the road before I get in there. And then and then you get in the car and you go, well, listen, I got to know how the engine works. I got to know how the radio works. I got to know how the, you know, the compression works in the engine. I got to have all my, you know, my fuel things topped off. My air tires all done. Uh uh-uh. uh Just get in the car and press the gas and go. Uh-huh. And guess what? You'll just get going. Next thing you know, you'll find yourself further down the road than most people, you know, because uh, you just did it. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. So I got just a couple more questions, and I'll, and I'll let you go. I know you're a busy guy. Um, what is uh, what's something that you know right now that you wish people would have told you on day one? Hmm. Probably. Probably. That's a great question. Something that I knew that I wish I knew, I think probably the biggest thing is is um, don't focus on the money. That's, it's, 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 you see, the thing with real estate is it's very financial driven. I mean, you're, you're focused on how big your check is. You're focused on how big this is. And the problem is when when it's and I, and I picture and this is this is what the picture comes to my mind when I when I when I picture this is picture this placid pond it's this nice glassy it's super glassy and picture this beach ball that's kind of floating on this glassy pond and your objective is to get that ball at all costs right so you jump in this placid lake. And you start splashing with all your effort and all your energy to get that ball. If I get that ball, then I'm going to be successful. And what's the ball? The ball is money, right? Mm-hmm. So you're, you're you're just scrambling effort. But what happens, you know, when you're scrambling off that that light, you know, uh, beach ball that's kind of floating in the water? What happens is all the, you know, energy and 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 the ripple effect and the waves that you create it pushes that ball away. And, and so it's almost like instead of focusing on the money, focus on, you know, in real estate is, is how can you, right, in turn help a cash buyer build his business, okay? Because, you know, if you have a cash buyer with appetite, you know, he's looking to accomplish something, whether it be fixing foot properties or buying hold. What is he looking? If you are sincerely interested, and truly helping them accomplish their goal, well, guess what? The money will come, right? That's number one. And number two, if you go out and, and when we talk about bird dogs and teaching and training bird dogs, if you are truly, sincerely interested in helping someone go out and change their life by maybe getting an extra you know, $3,000 a month on flipping a house or maybe an extra $15,000 a year, that could be a vacation, you know, to a trip to, you know, some place that, that with, their, with this person's family that they would never have if it wasn't for you. So, so it's instead of focusing on the money, I've got to get this check, I've got to get this deal, you know, focus on the, you know, what you can do to add value in the transaction to the person, people involved, 
how can I how can I add value to these other bird dogs and help them accomplish their goals and their success? You know, because you know, you know, there's that that statement: the more people you help in life, you know, become wealthy, the more wealthy you'll become. So, and it's very difficult in real estate, right? Because you know, it's it's a very you know personal business. I'm, I'm personally going to build a portfolio you know, to go out and make rent so I can make money. I'm personally going to go flip 10 houses this month so I can go out and make 100000 a month, right? So, you know, so it's, it's very personalized. But if you shift that focus away from money and you shift that focus on really, truly, sincerely now, turn around and helping the people involved go out and accomplish in their goals and their dreams and their, their successes, then money will come to you in in avalanches of, mm. I mean just just ridiculous amounts that you'll never even uh, seem possible for the first you know you know years and stuff is you know all I focused on was you know you know money I just got just got just got chasing the buck you know what I mean but mm. you know now that I think I'm you know I maybe I, I don't know maybe I've reached 42 43 42 years old and you know I looked at you know it's you know there's more to life than money you know, it's making a difference in people's lives, whether it be the cash buyer, whether it be the new bird dog, or whether it be the seller that really wants to get rid of the house and, and, and uh, you know, and, and so they can get that weight off their shoulders. So if you really kind of shift your focus on, on really affecting people in a positive way around you, then the money will flow. Amen to that. Great answer. Great answer. Um, here's my, uh, my final question here, Sean. What, what's, uh, what's in your future that you're really excited about? Well, you know, I um, I am uh, doing my first live event ever <laughs> in Scottsdale, Arizona, in May 18th, 19th weekend. So um, I'm really excited about that because, um, you know, I, I think once you get a collective group of people and everyone's energy in the room and everyone's excited, I think you can, you know, really, you know, share things and, and, and it really instills a belief in someone especially when they see so many other people that have accomplished results that they want to accomplish. And then they learn all that information. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and really building, um, you know, the Flipsy Freedom Academy to, you know, tens of thousands of members, you know, all across the country. And then, you know, and then taking on, uh, I have a, a Barons club, which is my, you know, kind of like elite coaching, but I'm working with the Barons club members to, to step up in that leadership type of role and be able to teach and train people all across the country as well. So they kind of shift hats as well, instead of being the, you know, being the student to be the, to be the teacher Mm -hmm. and really blowing it up to where, you know, we can really be the number one source when it comes to, um, for someone that wants to break into real estate, wants to learn the business, and then wants to turn around and, and go through, I call it the four phases of freedom, and then turn around and, and actually build wealth through through uh, acquiring properties for, for long-term holds. So take them through the whole process and then be able to inspire people and teach people and, uh, and instill belief that they, they might not believe in themselves, but, you know, but there, you know, if there's someone that believes in them, you know, that's that's probably one of the most important things because in our society right now, we're so technology driven. Everybody's looking at their iPhone, their iPad, their computer, the TV, you know, and everyone's lost touch of what really matters. You know, and what really matters is is going out and you know, going out and becoming the best you can possibly be, you know, and living a life doing what you want to do when you want to do it you know, and being free, you know, and not having that, you know, constant anxiety feeling, you know, you know, in your chest, you know, at all times, you know, there's supposed to be a calm and a peace and a, you know, and a, uh, you know, tranquility there. And, and, and you get that through wealth creation, you get that through, you know, helping other people and building wealth, because think about it, if you have $10 million in the bank right now, would you care? <laughs> you know, you get $10 million is sitting in your account right now. Listen, if you want to go play golf or if you want to go go for a nice walk, you know, and, and, and enjoy the beautiful weather outside, or if you want to go on a cruise with your family, or if you want to go out, you wouldn't stress and worry about making the buck or dealing without stressing about bills. You'd enjoy life. And that's what, that's what life's, you know, meant to be is to go out and do things that, uh, you know, that, that make you happy and go out and make your friends, friends and family happy and, and do the things that you want to do and follow the passions that, uh, that, you know, spark your heart. So, you know, that's what real estate can give you. It can give you that type of security and feeling 
and to get the money game out of the way to do what you're really supposed to do, whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's all I've got for you today. Is there anything I, I should have asked you that I didn't? <laughs> anything you should have asked you. You're, you know what, man? You're, you got some phenomenal questions. You you ask some great questions. You're a, and I love listening to your podcast. It absolutely rocks because you, you're a great interviewer. You have some great content on there. And just the way you break down something that's very complicated into a simplistic form is uh, is awesome. And that's why you've always been uh, straight to the top when it comes to uh, podcasts as well. And that's why I know that, uh, you know, in just a handful of years, you'll have thousands and thousands of members. We'll have to, we'll have to do a, maybe a live event together. It'd be fun. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Speaking of your live event, if someone wanted to attend, where would they get information on that? Well, if they, if they go to flip2freedom.com, flip the number two, freedom.com, you know, if you go there, you know, I have my podcast uh, hosted there. It's my blog. And, and on the sidebar of one of the posts there, there'll be uh, like a little graphic image of, uh, let's say, Extreme Freedom. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, uh, it's, it's, they just click on that, it'll get some more information about it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, well, thanks, Sean. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for joining us here on the Epic Real Estate Investing Podcast. And, uh, you know, if something comes up and we've got uh, inquiries and people want to hear more from you, would you be open to coming back? Sounds good, man. It has been epic. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. You have an awesome day, and uh, we'll chat soon. All right, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. You bet. Take care. Okay, if you'd like to check out Sean's podcast, you can go to iTunes and search the Ultimate Real Estate Investing Podcast and go download his uh, his Real Estate Investing Blueprint, How to Quit Your Job in 19 Weeks or Less at flip2freedom.com. Now, before I go, I just wanted to thank you all for the great emails that you've been sending me. Thank you for keeping me abreast of your progress and have got some great success stories. I'll be sharing some of them really, really soon. I mean, it's why I do what I do. And to hear those success stories, it just makes it all worth it. So thanks again. And uh, yeah, that's all I've got for you today. So until next time, as a very wise person once said, the only people with whom you should try to get even are those who have helped you. To your success, I'm Matt Terrio, living the dream. George Willingham here. I just wanted to send you this video instead of another email. You know, uh, as I've shared with you uh, during our uh, coaching sessions, you know, I really hate my job. Uh, when we got started working together, I I didn't know if, if, if I would ever get out of my job or... Uh, you know, catch on to this whole real estate investment thing. I I, I just didn't know. Uh, But between your podcast and your coaching and the academy, uh, I've been able to, now listen, I've been able to pull together six properties and flip them within the last 60 days. Um, And for me, I just, I I can't believe I did that. Um, And in that time, I made more money then I was making it my full-time job. So, uh, this is the big news. I just put in my notice at work, and I wanted to let you know how grateful I am. And uh, I'm going to be, of course, of course, purchasing a second round of coaching from you. And I'm really, really looking forward to being a full-time investor now. Uh, And I just wanted to thank you for that uh, via a video rather than an email. So thank you so much, Matt, and I'll be talking to you very soon. Bye. Thank you for spending this time with Matt Terrio and the Epic Real Estate Investing Podcast. When you have a moment, stop by iTunes to leave your comments and let us know what you think of the show. And if you haven't done so already, get started investing today by visiting freerealestateinvestingcourse.com. To access Matt's free course, How to Do Deals, No Money Required. Until next time. To your success. To your success. To your success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.